Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Mongolog podcast. Coming at you uh, not as early as I wanted it to be, but also not as late as it was last time. So, um, this is a an irregularly released podcast, and it's just uh, thirty to forty minutes of me talking about a new series and giving some general impressions. And I try to cover a mix of genres and demographics. And when covering a series, I usually try to read like the first three volumes or so, just to get a good chunk of the story to talk about. And my name is John. I'm the sole host of the podcast. And uh, you know, every once in a while, I just want to give this short little introduction because I, I do notice that I'm still getting you know, new, unique listeners. So um, I always appreciate seeing that. Every time I open up Anchor, I'm like, oh, yeah, people still care. <laughs> um, but this episode, it's episode 44. It's on Golden Kamui. And this is written and illustrated by Noda Satoru, who uh, there's just a little bit of background before we get into the actual manga itself. Uh, Noda debuted in 2011 with a manga called Supin, Supinamo, Supinamarada. <laughs> it's a long uh i guess that's one word i don't know and it's about a high school figure skater who was supposed to perform in the olympics and then i think his mother dies uh yeah his mother dies of a car accident and he's not able to perform i think you know due to the grief and everything um quite the traumatic event i i imagine uh, it wouldn't, wouldn't be very easy to perform after that so now he's orphaned him and his little sister moved to tokyo with their grandfather and then he meets these brothers uh, i think at his local school who influenced him to join the school's ice hockey team and it becomes an ice hockey manga which i think is super cool but apparently the manga was a commercial failure it um it was serialized in weekly young junk for about a year or maybe a little over a year before notice editor recommended that he end the series and uh, I wish the manga was licensed in English because I think it sounds really cool. It's only six volumes. I would totally read it. Um, a little side note to that, actually. Before Supinamarada, that's man, that's a man, that's a mouthful. Um, apparently, Noda had started as a manga assistant to um, to where's the note there? Mitsuro Kubo, who is the mangaka of series such as Motoki, which is published by Vertical, and Again, which is published by Kodansha. And more notably, I think she co-created Yuri on Ice uh, with Sayo Matsumoto. So she did the like writing and the original character designs for it. And, you know, while that aired in 2016, I think this is cool to bring up because, you know, his his ice hockey manga had a character that started as a figure skater. And I wonder if maybe that idea might have been a seed that was planted before Yuri on Ice came out, you know. If not, you know, it's kind of a quite the distance between the two series, but I just thought it was a cool coincidence, if anything. Um, anyways, after the commercial failure of his ice hockey manga, Noda did come back in 2014 with Golden Kamui, which is quite the opposite story. Um, it received the 2016 Manga Taisho Award in the Osama... Oh, I'm sorry, Osama. <laughs> Osamu Tezuka Cultural Prize, and it was also nominated for other awards. I think by the end of 2019, it had over 10 million copies in print. And, uh, you know, it's also received an anime adaptation uh, in, in 2018 uh, by General Studio, who is actually a new, you know, a relatively new studio. Golden Kamui is really their only big hit. I think they did two other anime besides that. Um, interestingly, I found out that most of the staff of General Studio actually comes from the now defunct Manglobe studio. And it's it's basically Manglobe's successor after that studio went bankrupt in 2015. Um, a lot of that, a lot of that staff carried over, and they did anime such as Dead Man Wonderland, Samurai Champloo, The World God Only Knows, Gangsta. I think was the last thing they worked on. Man, I really, I really miss them. I, all those, all those shows were really good. I haven't seen um, The World God Only Knows though, 
but um yeah they just i don't know they just, they always tackled like really weird um just different i don't know different stuff than than you usually see in anime um and and just like soup soup I'm, I'm just gonna stop trying to pronounce that just like the ice hockey manga golden kamui was originally published in shueisha's weekly young jump magazine and um, it's been running in that magazine since august of 2014 and this is a weekly seinen magazine um other popular series include kaguya sama love is war and kingdom and in english golden kamui is published by viz who have released 19 volumes so far and with each volume release, Viz has been adding the respective chapters to the Shonen Jump Vault, which is actually how I read this. Um, but because of the explicit content, you could only read Golden Kamui through the desktop version of the app. And the next volume um, is expected to release in February in English. So that's when you can expect the next batch of chapters to, to drop if you don't purchase the physical volumes, but you have that you know Shonen Jump subscription. And as of December of last year, there are 24 volumes in Japan, um, and the story is ongoing. Um, so I'm not sure if it's close to ending or what, but it's, it's only been it's only been running for a few years, so uh, maybe not. And this is again a seinen manga. It's a historical adventure Japanese style western. Um, it takes place in Hokkaido, which is like northern Japan. Um, there's an ex-soldier, he's trying to basically get rich quick, and, um, his name's Sugimoto, and he's trying to follow through on one of his, I guess, war, war buddies, um, one of his dying wishes, and he's searching for this gold, he meets an old man in the Hokkaido mountains that tells him an interesting story that may lead to millions and millions of yen worth of gold, and basically the story is like a group of Ainu, which are like the indigenous Japanese um, people or the indigenous people of Japan. And they they collected a bunch of gold at some point during like a gold rush. I think they were trying to, I think they were trying to uh, build an army. Um, and some man ends up killing these Ainu and steals the, the, you know, the gold that they collected, ends up in prison later to be sentenced to death but not before hiding the gold somewhere and um this 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 prisoner this murderer that stole the gold um he has friends on the outside that he wanted to make aware of the gold's location but he couldn't really get the message out without the guards um intercepting it the prison guards intercepting it so he devised a plan which involved tattooing um coded pieces of a map on, on the bodies of several uh trusted like inmates and basically the idea was that they would break out of the prison and then you know piece together the location of the gold um and there's more to it than that um but like that's the gist of the story and of course the plan is the a success the these convicts end up fleeing into the woods but none of them have found the gold as of the start of the story they still haven't found it and you know upon hearing this um you know there's some things that go down Sugimoto um he ends up uh bumping into this uh, Ainu girl named Asirpa, and she ends up aiding Sugimoto in his plight to find this gold after hearing the story that um, he tells her and and confirming that it's actually true, and then realizing she also has, you know, based on the story, she has some personal stakes in the matter. And um, so, yeah, she joins them. The two are on the hunt for these the pieces of of this map and are just essentially just searching Hokkaido. They, They realize that um, you know, these, these prisoners wouldn't have gone far because the gold is definitely somewhere stashed in Hokkaido. So they're, they've got to be in Hokkaido and uh, that's what, um, Sugimoto's betting on. And 
so he's you know they stay in the Hokkaido area and um, they're kind of based in the Hokkaido mountains in the wilderness uh, while while they you know gather intel and and try to find this uh, these prisoners that will lead them to the the gold um, <laughs> sorry I'm looking outside my window and I see a bird just staring at me <laughs> it's so cute oh my god it's so close um, anyways <laughs> um, so yeah, Asirpa, um, she's really um, she's really knowledgeable about outdoor survival. She um, knows a lot about the wildlife in the area, and uh, Sugimoto uh, learns a lot from her. Uh, you know, and, and her culture too. Um, Ainu rituals, uh, how to set traps in the in the forest to 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 catch prey, um, how to track prey, how to uh, hunt um, effectively. And then also there's a lot of cooking, um, you know, and, and cooking very specific meals um, uh, that are, you know, Ainu, Ainu, Ainu uh, delicacies. Um, and it's actually, you know, through all their engagements with the wildlife, you know, on this, I guess this downtime before they, while they're like, you know, searching uh, or, you know, when, when they take downtime from searching for the, for the gold, it's actually really quite um, educational. And, um, I, I say they're searching Hokkaido, but really from what I read so far, it seems like the threat is actually coming to them because, you know, after all, if, if someone says like a soldier, you know, this ex, you know, the soldier dude and this Ainu girl, um, are asking questions around town about people with weird tattoos, you know, news is definitely going to spread about the two because they kind of, they kind of make an odd pair. So they stick out like a sore thumb and anyone who knows about the tattoos will realize what they're trying to accomplish and they'll, and they'll come after them. So there's a little bit of tension there. Um, not only are they on the hunt for this, um, for these convicts, but they're also being hunted themselves because you know they're because they're stepping into dangerous territory, inquiring about this gold, and um, you know anyone who knows about the tattoos are gonna. Um, all right, I already. I'm sorry, I already said that. <laughs> sorry, yeah, my notes are kind of spread it around here. Um, Oh, okay. So yeah, that includes the convicts themselves, but there's also military, there's a uh, former Shinsengumi, um, and then there's just other people that are interested in the treasure, or at least, you know, just townspeople that, you know, like to spread the the local gossip um, about people who are searching for the treasure and stuff like that. So um, with each encounter, we kind of learn more about the people involved in this in this whole scheme. It's It, it gets it just gets bigger and bigger. Um, and you realize maybe Sugimoto and Asirpa are, are biting off a little more than they could chew. But, um, uh, it's not, um, it, when they, they're learning bits and pieces, but it's not enough to like completely just get them to where they need to go. They're just kind of gathering pieces of information. And it's like, it's just like little hints that are dropped along the way to kind of provide some sort of guidance for their journey. Um, and meanwhile, we do get some like flashes of activity from the, you know, the other convicts, the other people that are gathering intel and recruiting. And we're seeing how strong some of these people are. And uh, knowing that Asirpa and, and Sugimoto will in inevitably cross paths with these people is kind of scary, but also ex really exciting at the same time. And uh, even though the manga, um, it does get violent because you're dealing just the nature of what's going on and the people you're dealing with. Um, again, uh, Sugimoto is an ex-soldier um, and he's very battle-hardened and stuff like that. So the manga gets pretty violent, but there's, you know, it does maintain like a lighter tone. There's still plenty of friendly faces. Um, Sugimoto, uh, Asirpa ends up introducing Sugimoto to her village uh, where he learns a lot more about her people and also about her through her people and, and like kind of like her background. Um, 
and, and you know, how, how she's kind of uh, a syrup is kind of different compared to other Ainu women. Um, she has no interest or talent really in like quote unquote w- womanly tasks, which I'm just quoting the villagers here. Please don't uh, think I'm, you know, uh, but, but she would rather spend more time alone in the mountains. And, and that's how she ends up bumping into Sugimoto in the first place is because she's out in the mountains by herself. And it's clear that, um, syrup was going through some stuff and, uh, you know, she's, she's, um, she's sticking with Sugimoto for probably other reasons than she lets on, you know, um, he's thinking, you know, for her, it's like, uh, she has like a personal stake. She has like a, you know, maybe like a revenge, but she doesn't seem like a type of like vengeful, vengeful type of person. So, you know, I think, I think maybe she's got, and, you know, she gets attached to Sugimoto, um, pretty uh, fast for other reasons. Um, and it's also clear that, uh, you know, I, I mentioned how Sugimoto was introduced to the Ainu village and stuff like that. It's clear that, that the author Noda has really done deep research for Golden Kamui. I think, um, he even has like a Ainu language, uh, linguist on staff just to make sure that the, that aspect of the story is, is accurate. And there's a lot of like, Aserpa does a lot of like dropping of Ainu vocabulary. And, um, also when you go to the village, there's a lot of people speaking in like full, that full language, um, with like the translation and, and, um, in uh what are the parentheses <laughs> um what are those things called <laughs> those punctuation marks um but um he's also mentioned in interviews that he's not super strict about like the historical accuracy of everything or you know when it comes to certain things anyways so he ultimately wants to tell the story that he wants to tell and sometimes for like dramatic effect there might be firearms that didn't exist during that time period which i can't remember what the time period is i should have said that um and then also like skiing skiing was like another thing that just wasn't a thing at the time but definitely exists in this manga i remember there's a specific scene that's also for dramatic effect these people were like coming down a mountain on skis and um it's supposed to be really you know intense because they're coming at a really fast pace but i guess apparently skiing didn't exist at the at that time so there you know it's not like totally history accurate one like one-on-one but they're there's definitely there's definitely evidence that uh, Noda has done his research. Um, there's actually a list of sources in the back of the volume, which is really neat. Um, but yeah, so I, I mentioned uh, I'm kind of bouncing around here again, like I always do, because my notes aren't, aren't super well organized. But it's established that Sugimoto is super strong, and, and again, I said battle hardened. Um, there's some moments that actually highlight that. So you know, I, I mentioned that the, the manga was pretty violent, but one thing I noticed was um, a scene where somebody was actually going to stab Sugimoto in the head and he's able to um, dodge and then like grab throw grab and throw the person and disarm them and um, having actually I've actually taken martial arts I don't know if I mentioned that in a previous episode but um, I learned similar stuff like knife disarms and stuff like that and it's actually pretty realistic to what I remember learning I think like uh, in this particular scene Sugimoto had like bobbed his head to the right to dodge and but he kind of like exposed all his vitals to the person which like it's super dangerous um because he was facing the knife head on instead of taking like a step back and like pivoting his center of gravity um to kind of like if so the knife could like slide past his vitals instead of like head on but like i I think this might you know again this is like one of those like dramatic effect things you know sugimoto is just so like wild (laughs) and everything like he's 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 just uh kind of brute forces his way through a lot of things, he refuses to die. They call him Sugimoto the Immortal. So, you know, it, it sometimes it gets a little crazy for a dramatic effect, but like the throw and the disarm looked really accurate. I just thought it was one of those cool like details that I didn't um didn't want to um overlook. So um and you know and 
again, being a war, war veteran, um, there's definitely some some violent scenes. Um, the intro to the, to the manga actually does a flashback on his days of a, as a soldier and just the, the amount of violence that took place, bayonets just stabbing through people's necks. And, and there's definitely, definitely some gouging of eyes, some, some a lot of people's innards being exposed. That's a common thing. Um, yeah, it's just, it really loves innards. It really loves like intestines uh, just being spilled out of people's guts. So, um, yes, there's, uh, you know, there's also several gruesome bear attacks, people's faces getting ripped off. Um, definitely some gunfights, uh, but a lot of the action is actually close ranged in this manga. Um, you see a lot of people getting dismembered. Um, you know, which I, which it's funny because I, I see dismemberment in other manga, but like I usually don't bat an eye. But for some reason in Golden Kamui, it has more impact. Like I saw a dude's fingers getting sliced off during an altercation. And I actually like, I, I've, I winced and I, I felt myself wince. So it's, I don't know. I don't, I think it's just a, the way it's like realistically drawn or, or framed. I don't know. But if you're a bit squeamish, you know, that that's your content warning, I guess. Um, and I guess like strong language would probably be another content warning. Like I mentioned in Beck, there's like, a lot of use of like you know casual um f-bombs and stuff like that uh, i don't know if that's really a content warning but but yeah um so it's definitely a lot of cussing <laughs> um and realistic gore um um but you know there's like again there's that humor um that, that that's also persists throughout the manga and then in spite of the, the the more violent moments um i actually really love it when a serpa tries to get um sugimoto to to eat and like try like a part of an animal that he's never tried before namely like the brain of an animal or like the eyeballs and um it's funny because like she'll like comically stare at him and and wait for him to say something bad about it and and he kind of like hesitantly like stuffs the piece of brain in his mouth and and he's all like because he's like you guys eat that and she's like well it's customary for the item to the ainu to to eat this part of the um this part of the animal especially if you're the you know the one that landed the killing blow um you're the one that gets to eat the brain stuff like that so like he doesn't want to dis disrespect the culture and it's actually pretty funny because he he eats he ends up eating the things because he's like very respectful of her and her culture but like his face totally betrays him you can see Asirpa is just like casually just judging him um and it's funny because like I guess, like, food is, like, a, a common... Not only is it prevalent throughout the manga, but it's also, like, a common source of the, the joke. So she doesn't know a lot about um, certain, like, popular Tokyo cuisine. And she actually mistakes miso for, for poop. So there's, like, this ongoing gag where she thinks Sugimoto likes eating poop. <laughs> um, and, and I thought they, they paid that off really well. Um, um, but let me see. I'm trying to think about what other notes I have here that are very unorganized. Um... <laughs> excuse me um oh okay so like despite the um you know the realistic core there's also a lot of beauty to the art and um namely like the wildlife uh the there's bears there's wolves and you know despite them being like you know appropriately terrifying it's just cool to see a, a drawing of you know a bear so ac accurately represented and you also get to see like you know cute little fishies and otters and stuff like that a lot of variety in the wildlife it really makes hokkaido and like the hokkaido mountains feel alive and you know because they're surrounded by nature all the time so you get like these nice forested backgrounds and shots of the sky overlooking you know just like this beautiful um like snowy scenery and the manga is just i don't know i think it's just very in touch with nature overall and Noda, he said he's influenced by um, Hirohiku Araki, which is the um, author of JoJo's. 
in in his writing but it also shows kind of like in his art too the character designs um you know sugimoto is pretty pretty buff dude there's some you know a lot of the men here they're not pretty men they're all like just you know hardened like older men um i think actually sugimoto is probably the only one that has any sort of like he he has a he's younger you can tell um so he has more of a, a, a baby face but like the scars kind of you know the scars kind of um kind of undermine that um but um yeah everyone here is just kind of old and and scarred and and buff um and 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 apparently in the in later parts of the anime there's like infamous scenes of like dudes just like buff dudes just uh taking baths together and stuff like that so uh, apparently sugimoto or i'm not sugimoto um noda had mentioned in interviews that he has like a a distaste for bishonen which is like the pretty boys um and he wants to he really wants to showcase the muscular bodies of men in, in whatever way feels natural. Um, um, so you're definitely not going to see any pretty boys. Um, and I haven't, I don't think I've really encountered that so far. But I, there's actually a quote from an interview. He says, I, I draw without compromising the beautiful bodies of men. So <laughs> there you have it. It's like a, um, not something you usually hear an author. I, I, I've never heard an author like mention that uh, in an interview before. So I thought that was pretty interesting. But uh, yeah, it makes sense. Like again, like Golden Kamui, again, no, no be shown. That, that's that, that's for sure. <laughs> um, where there's like a, I think there's like a panel where like Sugimoto uh, takes off his shirt, or, or I think he's, I think he is about to take a bath or something, and you just see how like muscular he is, but he also he's got like lots of scars and stuff like that. So he, you can tell he's uh, had his share of of battles. Um, but yeah, I I really like the designs actually overall. Um, I think I think he does have a unique style with the way he draws men. But um, I also like the the Ainu people and 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 Asirpa. Uh, she's she has like really cool facets like with her with her wardrobe that you just don't see any other manga. You know, a lot of a lot of manga. You know, even if they're not historical, they just like the the designs of characters can tend to be basic, or they might wear the same clothes. Um, and Asirpa has this really cool, distinct um, wardrobe and, and design. Um, and also, she's just dressed appropriately. <laughs> you know, for the climate and, and the environment that she's in. And, um, Sugimoto's design is a little more basic. Um, he's got, like, a military hat. It actually reminds me of, like, Jotaro's hat from, um, part three. Uh, and his hair kind of looks similar, too, now that I think about it. But, you know, despite the the scars on his face, like I mentioned, he actually does have a softer face, especially compared to, like, a Jojo's character, which has, like, these really, like, hard jawlines and stuff like that. And, and just, like, really, um, kind of, like, angry-looking faces all the time. Um... Um, but I, I like Sugimoto as a lead. He's again, he's like fearsome in battle, but he's super chill outside of that. He's very attentive and respectful to Asirpa. Um, he also is um, very thoughtful. He has like a very thoughtful scene where um, he shoots a deer, but you know he misses and then feels super guilty about allowing it to suffer. So um, it's actually pretty interesting because he's kind of like you know he's he's a more a little more sensitive than he leads on because um, he's killed a lot of men in war, but. Um, but something about allowing the deer to, to suffer kind of troubled him. And, um, you know, I totally get where he's coming from. That's, that's something I personally can never do. I can never hunt. I've had friends of, of the family just invite me out on hunts. And I'm just like, nah, <laughs> I don't even, I don't even like killing animals, like in video games, like Red Dead Redemption and like in Zelda Breath of the Wild, um, which I've, <laughs> which I was playing recently. Um, I, I just like freak out when I accidentally hurt my horse. I would, I'd always like feed it apples and stuff and and like i wouldn't push it too hard to run i i don't know i'm weird man when it comes to stuff like that i just i don't like seeing animals get hurt or, or abused um 
But uh, yeah, I actually really do like the hunting in this manga, though, on that, on that note, because with, at least with Asirpa and the Ainu culture, it's very practical. Um, her, her people make it a point not to, to, to waste anything, really. They don't waste anything, and it's cool to see the different uses for the different parts of the animals, um, whether it's to cook with them or, you know, cook with them or build arrows and weaponry or just, like, clothing. Um, and, and speaking of food... <laughs> um, I also like the way the the author Noda how he goes about depicting it. Um, the manga does feel like a cooking manga at times. It does that cooking manga thing where it describes the cooking process, and like Sugimoto will take a bite of something and then like review what he's eating. And um, I usually don't like that. It tends it tends to be long winded in in manga that focus on that kind of stuff. Um, but it's not very uh, long winded here. I think it's actually really interesting because it's from an educational perspective. Um, so I actually really enjoyed it. But yeah, um, I didn't want to go too specific into plot details, but you kind of get the gist of it, what the main synopsis is. I was just trying to, you know, just go over some things I liked about the manga. Um, I actually, yeah, I, I really, this is another one that I really enjoyed. Um, there's a decent amount to binge on the Shonen Jump app. Um, I heard the mon- the anime um, has really good reception. I, I think early on there was like some controversy about like the bears being in CG or whatever. And I get that, and, and it's it's kind of tough because I think you know the bears in this manga are like heavily featured in the first couple of volumes, so um, I could understand why that might be something people don't really care for in the anime when it's in CG. But um, but hey, if you're like one of those people, then the manga is definitely a great alternative because I think the wildlife is drawn really really well. Um, it's just a overall just well drawn manga in general. Um, but yeah, and if you can get over those depictions of like really like brutal gore that I just wasn't expecting, um, it's otherwise like really good. And again, it kind of maintains like this lighter tone. Like, um, I don't know how to explain it, but like there's a lot of uh, bad people and a lot of stuff going on, people getting killed. But like somehow, like it still feels just like fun to read um, and the characters are very likable. I don't know. It's just, uh, it's definitely, it's a feel-good manga, despite, like, the material not always being feel-good. I, I can't explain it. And, like, they're in a very dangerous situation, but, like, I don't know. I think the two main characters just feel so competent. Maybe you don't feel like they're going to be in any, like, real danger, at least not yet. Um, again, Sugimoto, he's the immortal. They call him the immortal because he always finds a way to get out of, like, sticky situations where he should die, but he doesn't. Um, and, I don't know. It's it's fun. But uh, that's going to actually do it for Golden Kamui. Um uh, thank you guys for being patient again with the episode releases. Um, you know, there, there are times where it's like, uh, yeah, I could be reading manga, but then I'll be laying in my bed playing Zelda <laughs> and then I fall asleep. So, you know, um, I have to be in a very particular like mood to, to read and take notes and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that's going to conclude this episode. Next series is going to be, again, I'm sticking, I try to like, again, I mentioned in the intro that I like to cover a variety of demographics. So, you know, um, I'm on the seinen train this week, so I think uh, going along with, um, you know, how... Uh, wait, actually, did I do it? What did I cover last week? Oh, yeah, Shinobi Life was the shoujo that I covered, so... And, and today was a seinen. Uh, next week is also going to be another seinen series. It's The Drops of God by... Um, it's written by Kibayashi Shin and illustrated by Okimoto Shu. Um, and... It's actually, this one is one of the series that's available on uh, Prime Reading. Um, and it's, I think it's there in its entirety. So again, I'm trying to avoid spending money. Um, 
um, you know, every once in a while I would like to buy a little bit of manga, but um, I was like, man, I still have all this, this manga that's available to me that I haven't even touched. So I want to make sure I, you know, talk about them on the podcast. And uh, yeah, if you have an Amazon Prime subscription, you can um, read uh, Drops of God in its entirety for, well, not free, but basically free. Like you don't have, there's no extra fee associated with it. So that's what got me motivated to to check it out. Um, I noticed when I was reading through Beck that, that this series was also on there. So I'm going to check that out for the podcast next episode. And um, yeah, it should be fun. Uh, I heard a lot of good things about it. Um, it was actually one of the uh, manga recommended to me before I really started getting into manga. And I just never got around to it. So this is the perfect excuse to do it. And uh, yeah, so that'll call it. You guys have an amazing two weeks and I'll uh, I'll catch you in the next episode.